the crystals even to this day, even working with some of them for many, many years. They help me feel connected when I am disconnected, which can happen at any point, no matter how well our intentions are. Life is a journey and it has lots of lessons. And they, for me, are a tool that I could always go back to when I wanna know that I'm not alone, when I could plug in, when I can connect up, and when I could go within and they help me to breathe and to get recentered and say, you know what, I could do this. This one was such a treat for me. I managed to pin down the founders of Energy Muse, Timmy and Heather. They are crystal experts. In fact, they've been in business together for 18 years doing this stuff. Heather has been studying crystals for 27 years. They know their stuff. And I'm picking their brain for you today. We're talking about their beautiful book, Crystal Muse, as well as health, healing, fertility, finding love, and what crystals we should all have in our collections. I learned a lot in this podcast episode, how we can cleanse our crystals and choose the right ones for us. It is full of magic. So stay tuned to hear from the founders of Energy Muse, Timmy and Heather. Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have both of you here, Heather and Timmy from Crystal Muse. Thanks for having us. Hi, Kate. Hello, hello. We're going to have to get used to your voices to work out which one is which. It's very (laughs) exciting. Would one of you like to introduce yourselves and then tell us about how this all started for you? Because I know your journey of coming together as friends. I want to hear more. Sure. So this is Timmy. And uh, again, we're really excited to be here. Heather and I have had a long journey together. We have been friends since the first grade. So we, um, you know, sometimes we think when souls come down on this earth, there's a certain job they're supposed to be doing. Unbeknownst to us back when we were, what, six years old, did we know that we would be doing this together? But our journey with Energy Muse has been about 18 years. And wow. That, I didn't realize yeah. you'd been in business that long together. Yes, we have. So Heather's been studying with crystals and learning um, all kinds of amazing things for the last about 27 years, but our business has been around um, over 18. So our, our mission is really to help people learn more about crystals and get as many people on board working with them, trying them, introducing them to them. That's really what we are here to do. And my background was so very different from Heather's. I uh, graduated from college and went right into the garment industry. And I was selling like to the mass markets, like the Walmarts and JCPenney's and Sears of the world and got really burnt out. Although I loved the business, I was traveling a lot and I was just like at my wits end. And Heather, about that same time, had started delving into the crystal world. And she would use me as her guinea pig often. And that is how I was introduced to crystals. I'm going to let her tell you more about her way of getting into crystals. But, you know, the great thing about both of us is we come from such different backgrounds with with the crystal knowledge. But it doesn't matter. Someone like myself who doesn't know as much as Heather can definitely get the benefits from them because I use them every day and I'm around them and learn about them through osmosis, where Heather is constantly studying new and better approaches to use the crystals. So we just put that out there to everyone. Don't be intimidated by, oh my gosh, I don't know where to start. The worst thing you can do is not start. Just start now. Try it. 
I am such a beginner, Timmy, so I appreciate you saying that, and I'm sure you've picked up quite a lot of information over your 18 years of osmosis. For sure, yeah. And, you know, the crystals really help continue to ground me each and every day, and and sometimes, you know, I might not use them exactly like Heather, or we might even use the same crystal and get a different reaction or result, because everyone's different. And, and to think that everyone could use a crystal and get the same exact result every single time would, would not be something that you should expect because we all need to experience things differently and we do experience things differently. So yeah, I think you just try it. See, see what you resonate with. We always tell people all the time, if you come into Energy News, we're located in Torrance, California, if you're in the area, you can come in and touch and feel the crystals. People will come in and say, you know, I'm looking for love. Well, we could direct them to the love crystals. But what is really cool is to see what they go to intuitively. And intuitively, they go to the crystal they need. So it's really been amazing to watch that happen again and again over the last 18 years. That was a question I had, which we're going to dive into more about how to choose our crystals. But Heather, I would love to hear about what drew you to being interested in this crystal world. What did your journey look like? Well, my journey looked really good on paper. So if you saw me on paper, I looked amazing. I love that. I love those. (laughs) My life was picture perfect on paper. (laughs) It was. It was so good. But I definitely think with sometimes in life when you're at a fork in the road, things show up that you might not have noticed before. But when you're ready to be open and to see new things, there's so many opportunities around us. And for me at the time, I kind of was, I was in a high powered job. I was making a lot of money. I was, like I said, on paper doing great, but on a contentment level, I don't really feel as if I had fulfillment and I'm more of an analytical researcher. I consider myself my own guinea pig. I'm always trying different things, but at the time I ended up walking into the store and I saw this amethyst crystal and I didn't grow up with knowing about crystals or gemology or the mineral world or healing properties or anything. But when I walked in the store that day, I saw it and it was so sparkly and pretty. And this woman shared with me that it had these healing properties. And I, for me, I couldn't really get my head around that because I'm like, how can this rock to me at the time emit an energy field that's going to make me feel a certain way? But I think now that I look back on it after being with the mineral world for so long is is that for me, the journey at that time was for me to learn how to feel and to open up because I had become very one-sided on the spectrum of what I thought what mattered in life and I needed to become more in balance. And the crystal world or the energy of the earth helped me because it helped me get grounded and it helped me to go within And those are the tools I needed to learn at that time. Everyone will have a different story, but I hopefully at the end of the day, 27 years later, I could say that the crystals, even to this day, even working with some of them for many, many years, they help me feel connected when I am disconnected, which can happen at any point, no matter how well our intentions are. Life is a journey and it has lots of lessons. And they, for me, are a tool that I could always go back to when I want to know that I'm not alone, when I could plug in, when I can connect up, and when I could go within. And they help me to breathe and to get recentered and say, you know what, I could do this. So you talked a little bit there about finding that amethyst. Was Mm -hmm. that the start of your journey? Did you just run full steam ahead into the crystal world or did it take sort of an unraveling? Was it a journey for you? It was a journey for me. And crystals were something that they attracted me of the beauty of them. That's what at first I'm going to be completely honest with you. I love that. I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, when I saw that amethyst sparkling crystal that came from Brazil And it was so purple. And whenever I looked at it, it made me smile. And for me at that point, that's what I needed. I needed to smile. I needed to look at something and be like, God, that is nature. That's nature. That's 
completely natural and it is beautiful and I connected to it. In many ways, I think it helped me reconnect to nature again, you know, going out for walks and it helped me start a journey with meditation. And there's so many offshoots of what happened. Yeah, I started studying Listone therapy. At, um, I went and studied with people that specialized in new crystals at the time. You have to remember, this is 27 yeah. years ago. It, it wasn't, wasn't like, like they are today. No. What I love about today is, you know, or and I'll say today or within the last year and a half is that we've been able to come out of the closet, the crystal closet with this information. Cause you know, Timmy and I've been doing this for 17 years and luckily we've been able to have a thriving business for 17 years. And that didn't happen because people weren't buying crystals and, and getting results with them. I think what's happening now is people are actually talking about it and feel safe where they're not gonna be labeled. As the crazy as- crystal lady? Well, yeah. And you know what? I'll probably always have that label. And I love that label. I hope to always have it. I, I want to be that You're like, label. I embrace that label. <laughs> but where men could feel safe, where they could wear some, some stones and not be perceived as being, you know, woo-woo or out there where you've got these financial business guys that are like, look, I need something that's going to help me uh, connect because I feel like I'm spiraling. So they're coming out of hiding. The crystals are coming out of hiding and they're finding us and we're more open. I think humans more so than ever before, because we know on a soul's level that we are thriving and we are craving something more. I wholeheartedly agree. I feel like the crystals have come out of the spiritual closet, haven't they? I've always been fascinated when we look at like even electronics. There's a lot of crystals used in electronics, are there not? Mm -hmm. You know, look, the computer chip. I mean, the main component is silicon dioxide, which is programmable. Well, that's that's the main component. That's what quartz crystal is. It's programmable. So if, if we could use it in a computer chip to program, then how come we can't use it in our hands to program our own computer chip, which is us, and program our own cells and our DNA. And I think what's happening more so than ever is maybe the human mind can't really perceive or comprehend some of this stuff that these minerals and rocks and the energy the earth are capable of when we engage, but our soul knows. Our soul knows. Yeah. And, And that's what we need to connect into more, more than ever right now on the planet. How old is your wonderful book, Crystal Muse? It's a couple of years old now. Um, It's just we came out with it last October, so it's not that old, about seven or eight months. Oh, it's still like a baby because I came across it, I think, on Instagram and immediately was drawn to it because it's beautiful and I love the way you've lined it all out, the way you've made it around rituals and crystals and, and interwoven the two. Well, thank you. You know, it, it's interesting because unlike most books, you really don't have to read Crystal Muse from the beginning to the end. You can go to the area that you're most interest, interested in, like love or money, and then you can work with those recipes or rituals as you wish. And, you know, the recipes are things that Heather has come up with because she has worked with formulas of combining crystals and time periods. All of it means something. But If something doesn't resonate with you, we always say, tweak it, go with your intuition and make that ritual or recipe something that's a little bit more yours and see how that goes. You dedicated the book Crystal Muse, which I loved, to the crystal lovers, the soul seekers, the trailblazers, visionaries, light workers, and spiritually curious Do you both, Timmy and Heather, we'll start with you, Timmy, do you identify with those labels yourselves or is there one in particular that sticks out to you? Well, I mean, I think because of what we do, dabbling in all of them seems to be something that is a part of, of, I feel, me to some degree. But what I, I love about what Heather and I do is sometimes people, again, if we go back to the crystals as being a woo woo type of idea, Really, Heather and I are the bridge between the woo-woo and the now-now. So we kind of cover all of those spectrums within that one sentence. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so good. We're the bridge between the woo-woo and the now-now, that we can be all those things Mm -hmm. at one time. Heather, do you feel like you two have been trailblazers and lightworkers? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that there was a trailblazer before us. I think, you know, Love is in the Earth by Melody is a book that was on the market that at the time when we got into it, she was a trailblazer. And I think I hope that people say that about us because we really were in this marketplace when not it wasn't op- as open as things are. And it was tough at, at the beginning. And we were called a lot of names and we weren't doors in, shut. Yeah, doors shut. It was hard at times, but we always had people that were around that helped us. And we also always had our community, although the community was underground. We were creating a momentum, and I do feel the momentum is lightworkers. I feel that people that work with crystals on that connective level, there is an alignment with the light. And I feel that it's building right now as much as everything else in life. You have light and dark, but I feel like the lightworkers are building day by day and it's getting stronger and stronger. And for that, I'm I'm so grateful to be in this industry. I really love the way that your story is one of stepping off the beaten path, both of you, and into this path that wasn't guaranteed. It was the, you could say, the road less traveled. And I agree. I absolutely think that trailblazers are the people that are willing to take those kind of bold steps. But I also love the way that I think my generation, I I would say I'm a millennial-ish, I'm an old millennial, but often they're really impatient. And I feel like your story of, like you said, there was this building of momentum and you just kept building on the momentum. And I think that in and of itself is an important story to tell. Yeah. Right now we're at the right place at the right time, but it you know, like you said, trailblazing, it wasn't fun. We, literally, we couldn't get arrested. Heather and I would share our story and people really didn't care. They didn't care that the crystals had meaning or intention or how to work with them. At that point, they were, it seems like most people's energy was like, why is it beautiful? Why do I need it? And and But they didn't really even care about the healing properties of it. And So that was hard because I think Heather's background and research and her formulas, they work when you work with them. And we knew that and we wanted to share that with people, but people just weren't ready. So we stayed patient. Thankfully, we the crystals kept us around and here we are. (laughs) And here we are talking about it. And I, I agree. I think that there's so many of us now that want to be having this conversation. Talking about choosing our crystals, Timmy, you mentioned earlier that, you know, there's this power in the ones that you are drawn to. Heather, have you got something to add about that? How can we know which crystal is the right one for us? Well, I always look at crystals more about what is the energy of the earth here to teach us? And for me, they they have taught me patience. But I also think first lesson, at least in my opinion, is that they teach us how to trust ourselves. So when you're when you're picking a crystal for the first time, for some people, it might be based on what it looks like and just the visual. For some people, it might be based on the color. For some, it might be the shape or the size or where it came from. See, there's so many different people and there's so many different reasons why we might pick something. But the common thread has to be that you have to trust yourself, that you know yourself better than anybody else. And then that first crystal, you're not going to make a wrong move. You know what I mean? You you just have to start and and trust that whatever you gravitate to for whatever reason, that's exactly where you're supposed to be. I love it. You're not going to make a wrong move. I think that's so important. So you would say there's no problem with choosing a crystal online. You know what? I think in today's world, from what I've seen with the amazing crystal websites that are out there is that these pictures of these crystals are beautiful and they do talk to you. And not everyone has the luxury of having a crystal store. I know there's more and more coming around where you could go touch and feel. So I think that buying online and being able to visually see it and have a connection is definitely it's a new way of how it's being done. And, you know, we sell crystals online all the time and we have people that are very, very happy with when they receive it. Cause usually they're better than what you could even, it's hard to photograph a crystal. I have, I have to say that it's, it's definitely an art form in itself, but usually whatever you see online when they arrive, it's usually better than, mm. you know, I mean, so if you loved it online, life. you'll probably love it even more probably. when it's in your hand. 
Usually yeah. that's the case. And when we get our crystals, do we need to cleanse them? Is there anything that we need to do with them? Well, Heather always says, and, and I agree with her, it's probably one of the most important things, not only cleansing your crystal, but cleansing the space in which where the crystal resides. So that's why we always will suggest, and on page 32, I believe it is, Heather, we have a prayer that Heather had worked with this medicine man, an authentic medicine man, who had never allowed anyone to print and share his prayer. And we say, read it verbatim. Don't analyze what it says. It, there's no religious connotations. It's all about helping you while you're saging and cleansing your space. Because you want to start in a space that doesn't have any negative energies or just heavy energies because you want to start working with your crystal, which is all about the light. Love that. So I can remember I've heard about like putting it in moonlight and maybe salt water. Are those things that we need to do? Or again, is it more trust your intuition? You know, once you start working with crystals, it, I th the reason I, I think what I love what's happening right now is, is that there's not just one way to do it. Similar to how people eat, there's not one diet that's the right diet for everyone. Some people will like to put crystals through smudge. Some people will put it under the moon and in the sun. Some people will have music and sound and bells to clear that. Some people will bury it in soil and then take it out of the earth in three days. Depending on the mineral, if it's not too soft, some people will put it in salt water. All of these are great ways to cleanse. It's just as if you're cleaning your house. There's a lot of different supplies on the market. You'll know which one works for you if you want it more natural, if you want it more strong. There's definitely different ways. But I think that the whole thing about any of this is you've got to try different ways to figure out what one works for you. For mm -hmm. some people, they don't like to smudge because they live in an apartment building and it will put off the fire alarms, you know what I mean? Um, or they're in a studio or they're in an area that's more enclosed. So they need to use sound and they use to use other ways. So you have to be also realistic on your environment and what you can use to cleanse and purify your space. But there's so many different options nowadays that you could find one that will work for you. I really like the, the underlying premise of that, that there is no right way. So you're not doing mm -hmm. it right or wrong. You're doing it the way that works for you. Yes. The work really here is about finding what works for you. That That's where the work resides. And, you know, with our book, Crystal Muse, a lot of people had, had said, you know, I wish there would have been a lot more in-depth information about crystals. And Timmy and I specifically wrote the book in a way that, we gave information, but not to the point that everything was shared, because at the end of the day, this is about personal empowerment. This is about ownership. This is about you finding out what your relationship is with the crystals. This because we could give you a, like a guide, but at the end of the day, you've got to become your own master. You've got to know yourself well enough to be empowered and not be reliant on something else. Mm, so powerful. I want to talk a little bit more about some of the sections in your book, Crystal Muse, and I picked a couple just to, to drill down on. There are so many people and they're such great ones. Obviously, I started with the one that I felt was more relevant to me right now. People, of course, this is what we do, right? Mm -hmm. There was the, the chapter titled or the section titled Breakdown to Breakthrough turning the darkest of life's trials into opportunities for growth. And I know that I'm not the only person right now who is going through a form of breakdown in terms of, I updated my podcast listeners a couple of weeks ago, but I was recently diagnosed with breast cancer. And I am really interested to hear what kind of rituals or crystals that you would potentially recommend to anyone going through their own type of breakdown. It doesn't need to be breast cancer, but the type of things that might be useful for sort of spiritual or physical healing. What we have found with women that whether it's breast cancer or, or any of that energy surrounding that is, is that we found that this energy of self-nurturing is really, really important. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting that lesson loud and clear. <laughs> yeah. 
And so a great place to start on, on, you know, energetic medicine, I would say, is really tapping into the question of when I am a priority and when I come first, how does that make me feel? And a lot of us as women, we're used to giving a lot, but some of our biggest lessons are about receiving Mm. and allowing us ourselves to receive and, and having that feel normal. Right. And so the crystal world has this amazing, the beauty, I'll go back to that with your, your rose quartz and your ocean, ocean jaspers that have these pinks and these soothings and the aquamarine dive into the crystal world. The ones that are all about nurture you make yourself a priority and that's okay. Heal those aspects, those ancestral ties. Look into your family lineage. What were the lessons that you were told or what you, the belief systems on how much time you could allow yourself and what were the female roles in your, in your life and how did they show up? And these conversations are really healing. They're very deep. They're very soul filled, but the energy of the earth, when you lay them on your body, especially on your chest and your stomach with the rose quartzes and the ocean jaspers, and you allow yourselves to yourself to go through these conversations, whether with yourself or a good girlfriend or a therapist or wherever you're at, things will come up and you can clear things on many levels that are invisible that bind us. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. Do you recommend using crystals with meditation? Oh, I mean, yeah. I I love it. Yeah. Yeah. 100% yes. You know what? The really, I think a cool meditation one is selenite because selenite has this interesting, I think it's like liquid light for sure. But for example, I have my feet on selenite right now as, as I talk to you, yet when holding it in my hands, it's this interesting, it almost creates a column where you are connected to the earth and you're also connected to the, to the ethers, the galaxy. So it has this expansive yet rooted frequency about it that I really haven't felt in any other crystal, just me personally. I'm sure, sure people have lots of different stories with it, but that's an amazing one to meditate with because it could take you very far yet keep you very rooted in where you are. Oh, that sounds exciting. I'm going to look into a selenite. And I have never, ever heard before of the ocean jasper. Oh, wow. Please look at the ocean jasper. I'm going to be jumping straight onto your website after this, which is Energy Muse, people, if you want to check it out. Talking about, yeah, I absolutely agree that there is definitely some self-nurturing stuff that is coming to the forefront for me right now. And I have been a very giving person in a lot of ways, but haven't done the best job of giving back to myself. So that makes so much sense to me. When we are talking about people wanting to find love more generally, they're wanting to find that partner, that spouse, you know, the man of their dreams. Do you recommend rose quartz for that as well? Well, I think back to a little bit about what Heather was just saying. In order to attract someone in our life, we also have to know that we love ourselves first, right? And so I always think of rose quartz as like unconditional love. Like my grandmother to me is unconditional love and she is like that purest love. She doesn't judge me, loves me for just who I am. And that's kind of how I look at rose quartz. So when I have that around me and I'm remembering to hold that space and I am love, then I can be attracting love. So I would think that that would be really a super important part of, of, of attracting love. you got to love yourself first. And that's, that's a lot easier said than done, right? Right. I love that because it is so true. It is so true that we have to love ourselves first. But I, I feel like so many of my clients are like, can we can we bypass that? Can I just go straight to finding the man of my dreams? Well, you could try. <laughs> <laughs> what I find super, and this is why I think ritual work is so amazing, because rituals, which for me are daily, something daily that you do every single day over time. What they do is they help to break things up and they help us. We go through a lot of 
sometimes we get bored in rituals. Sometimes we don't want to do them. We learn a lot about ourselves when we have to do something consistently. And what is interesting about a 40-day ritual, which is in our book, The 40-Day Love Ritual, is you learn a lot about on what day do you give up or when does it get hard and you you kind of say, I can't do this anymore? Or are you strong up until day 23 and then you go, ah, or do you plow through the 40 days and make it happen, but you just get through it without learning? Or do you get to the other side and achieve your goal? So there's a lot of different things that come up when doing something for 40 days. You learn about yourself and where you fall short and where, where you rise and where you get stronger and when you want something and what you and how you behave when you do. So I highly suggest anyone who's looking for love, not even, um, oh, granted, the people that did the ritual in the book, we've had many people that have found love, but we found more people that said, you know what I found when I did that ritual? I found that I actually really like myself oh. and I didn't know that before. And for me, that first 40 days to know that is worth more than the partner. The partner will come, but you got... When you learn to love yourself and like yourself, you are on the road to whatever you want to manifest. I, but I, you got to start there first. I agree. And if that's what you get out of doing a 40-day sort of love ritual, that self-appreciation and self-love, wow, like you said, the rest of the stuff falls into place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good. Insomnia, can crystals or rituals help us? And have either of you had any experience with insomnia yourself? Yes. I, I Literally, after I had my children, I, my body was so off, I could not sleep at all. And back in that day, I got a hold of a biomat. And I don't know if you've ever heard I of I have so that. heard of those, Timmy. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Well, biomats are literally, there's tubes within the mat that heat up and you can put them at different temperatures, but it's all filled with amethyst. And amethyst is a really great stone for sleeping or, or having a peaceful sleep. Now, this was before we got into selenite because now that's really my go-to stone. But literally, I dragged that biomat full of amethyst with me on a RV trip up to Big Sur with a generator because I'm like, I have got to get myself back into a rhythm of sleep. And it definitely helped me because I was like a walking zombie. I was exhausted. I was unclear. So the crystals, the amethyst really grounded me and allowed me to get back into that rhythm, which was so wonderful. Wow. Heather, have you... Have you got anything to add around rituals or? This is, you know, the bedroom's an interesting room because the more we get back to how one used to live in nature, you know, a long time ago without all this EMF and all these electronics in the bedroom and all the stuff that we have going on, we are able to rejuvenate better. So the bedroom, in my opinion, is one of those rooms where more is not necessarily more. So what I found sometimes with people that are in crystal enthusiasts, such as myself, is that I had too many crystals in my bedroom and they were actually activating and energizing me more than helping me to go to bed at night. So I think that one important thing is to really take a look at your environment and see how many crystals you have in your room. I, I definitely agree that the selenite, that white stone is very soothing and calming, but really gauge that. I, I'm a big person with not having mirrors in the bedroom. I think mirrors activate energy a lot. Definitely televisions in the bedroom. I'm you know, don't do it. <laughs> um, get them out. The EMFs coming off those things. I just had about 12 scientists at my house 
last weekend who are EMF specialists. And my husband is, I don't know if he buys into a lot of it because whatever. Because <laughs> he's a male. <laughs> he's a male. But after they came in with all of their meters and they were going off the Richter scale, he was able to see the numbers and our life has changed since then because of it. So I definitely think for people that um, have insomnia, I, de I definitely think crystals can be a tool, but I think the deeper, the bigger conversation is looking at the EMFs in your bedroom, in my personal opinion. I think that is such an interesting and important side note, you know, and I think so many people just say, get the TV out of your bedroom, but to talk about it from an energetic EMF kind of level puts it in a whole new sphere. Fertility was the last thing I wanted to talk to you about because I feel like I was blessed that this wasn't an issue for me, but I know it's an issue for so many younger women these days, or not even younger women, so many women in general, uh, that having that strain of not being able to conceive can be a huge weight to bear. Is there mm -hmm. anything that you to recommend on the crystal or ritual front to help when fertility is something that we're facing? When I was trying to get pregnant with my second son uh, or second child, I actually, Heather's like, you know, Moonstone is amazing. Now, this was before we started our company. So I went out and, you know, I was in New York. I was still working in the garment business at the time. So I was traveling around looking for crystal stores down in New York. And I found a piece of Moonstone, stuck it in my bra with the intention of getting pregnant and I was luckily able to get pregnant very, very easily. Oh, now, that's awesome. That is not the case with everyone. But Heather, actually, I love her story about her mother kind of um, sabotaging her during her wedding. <laughs> in a good way, at her wedding. Can, because... can we hear it, Heather? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, when I got married, my I got married when I was 33. And my mom at the time was, she wanted a grandbaby. Because she's like, it's enough. You got married too late. <laughs> Get so on with it. she offered to make my wedding dress. My mom used to be a clothing designer. So when she made my wedding dress, she lined it in moonstone. So my dress was all hand beaded with moonstones. And she had been sewing it. And I'm sure thinking Intending. all these amazing things. <laughs> and um, my, wedding, my wedding ring was made with crystals under a full moon. And when the gentleman gave the ring to my husband. He said, be very careful. This ring is fertile. And back then everyone was laughing. Ha ha ha. That's so entertaining. Anyway, I got pregnant on my wedding night and I had a baby nine months later. So that was amazing. However, that wasn't, it wasn't as easy for me the second time around to get pregnant. And so I definitely think Moonstone is a woman's friend on the journey of fertility and wearing that mineral and having it charged under a full moon, especially if you're in a partnership, bringing in that soul's energy is definitely a powerful thing, a ritual to do. We, I know we have a couple in our book. You know, I, I'm going to say it again. You got to look at what I learned during my journey of trying to get pregnant is I had to change my lifestyle. And I know this isn't the fun part, yuck, but I really had to change how I ate. I had to take care of myself differently. I had to give myself the time to stop. And I had to make space in my life for a baby to enter mm, before the baby did. Does that make sense? I love that. You had to make space in your life for a baby to enter before okay. the baby would come. Yeah. Wow, that's really powerful. Yeah, I hear you on changing your lifestyle. You know, obviously facing the breast cancer, that's totally front of mind at the moment for me right now. And it's not the easy stuff because mm -hmm. I do feel like as women, we're not very good sometimes at really honoring and nurturing our, our own being. And I can see how that would play into fertility as well. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay, I have a few little questions that I ask most of my guests, and I would love to hear from both of you. I'm not going to ask you the full set. I'm going to cut to the chase, but I will ask you both. So I'll start with you, Timmy. What is your favorite self-care activity? Oh, well, I think every morning just sitting and meditating, breathing. I do a whole like breath series where you breathe in for nine, hold for nine, and then breathe out for nine and hold for another nine. And I do that nine times. And I feel like I even say like to my kids, they, they're golfers and they kind of, you know, you do a bad, you hit a bad hole and you're all messed up and your state is like, oh my gosh, the game is over. 
try to do some of this breath work because to me that can change your state right away. It doesn't take that long. It's free and everyone can do it. So that is really how I start my morning every single morning, um, right out of bed, because I know if I don't do it right out of bed, I won't get to it. And I'm a very hyper person. So that really helps ground me and keep me calm, at least for some time being. It doesn't last all the time, but it it definitely helps. (laughs) And then Heather, do you have a favorite self-care activity? Yeah, I, I cut the cords every day with a selenite rod. Yeah, the, the energetic cords. Uh huh. I cut the energetic cords every single day. Can with, you tell um, us a little bit more about what that looks like for people who may be like, "What?" Well, okay. So, for example, no matter who we meet during the day, we'll energetically connect with them. Some people we energetically connect great ways, and some people we don't. You know, even if you have your family or your kids, or you know, people at work or people you see at a grocery store. So what happens is, is that sometimes it's easy to kind of start feeling weighed down or have you ever felt where you're like, God, I was having a great day and I just feel weird and I don't even know why there's no reason I should feel this way. And it's almost as if you, it's, you don't know where you start and where somebody else stops. So, you know what I mean? Where everyone's energy starts merging together. So I kind of like to take a selenite rod and what I do is I kind of use it like I'm combing my body. And I just cut the cords with whoever I was with that day. And I I send them their energy back to them with love and light. And then I fill my space up with light wherever there might be holes in my energy field. And I fill myself up with light. So in life, I got enough to deal with just with my own life. I don't need to be feeling other people's stuff all the time. So it helps me to have better boundaries And it helps me be in ownership with myself because I'm a clear energy source. Oh, that sounds really powerful. I'm going to have to look into that. We have that ritual in our book as well. But I want to mention that we did this ritual with 2,100 people. And out of 2,100, there's like maybe 500 or so that actually did the full ritual for 21 days. People that had never worked with a crystal in their life had never done anything. They did this ritual for 21 days. We had people that had profound, I mean, lost weight, said that they had let go of grief that they had carried for a lifetime, had finally been able to break three of toxic relationships and find new love. I mean, there were endless stories that came in by people doing this simple ritual that's less than five minutes that brought huge, huge results. And what's so cool is that people were able to see how powerful they are. I feel like that's a really, that's something you both are coming back to consistently about finding our own power and trusting ourselves. I love it. Do you have a favorite book to me? Well, you know what I've been really attracted to and someone gave it to me for Christmas last year and it was uh, the accumulation of all of Oprah's Super Soul Sundays. I have it. It is so good, isn't it? Uh, Yes. So every day I've been reading one of her little stories in the book, and it just seems to be the right thing that I needed to hear. And if it isn't right for me, I'll usually snap a picture and send it off to someone else that maybe is going through something that I think that those words will help. And then what I'll do is after that is I'll usually hold my selenite harmonizers and then I will journal. So it's always kind of a prompt to get me into something that I need to journal about. And I, just, I love, love that book. Heather, do you have a book that's touched you or a, one that you would consider a favorite? Um, I really like the book Shaman Healer Sage by Alberto Veloto. Uh, PH, he's a PhD. He's also with Hay House Publishing. And when I remember when I read that book many, many, many years ago, I just, that for me, realized that that's, Really, we all are. We all are our own shaman. We all are healers and we all can be our own sage. And I feel like that started me, that changed my mental thought forms in such a profound way that reminded me that I could, I could create change when I knew that I was all those things. That book was a big shift. How would you describe the soul? Hmm. Wow. The soul. I think the soul is um, something that 
is connected to a higher source, whatever that is to everyone. Uh, to me, it's God. And I think that the soul is something that lives obviously within all of us that comes down with maybe some kind of agenda. And we agree to be a, a part of living out that agenda. And the lessons that we learn through that agenda keep us growing and healing and feeling and being the people that we hope to to be at the end of all of this. That's good. Heather, you mentioned that our soul knows when we're yeah. looking at crystals. So how would you describe the soul? For me, the soul is everlasting. I feel that the soul is our higher self, in my opinion, and it's all knowing. And when we, t- when we tap into our soul, into our highest self, into that, that rich piece of like knowingness that we've carried through many, many lifetimes where we just have those gut feelings, the best part of who we are, and we plug into that, that's when life is really at its highest frequency. One question, well, this is, I'll have another question after this, but the last one of our little intermission, to me, what is fulfillment to you? I would say being balanced, feeling balanced, being balanced. Um, Again, it seems to me to be for me like a work in progress each and every day because I can wake up with a full agenda thinking, you know, right after I just said that I, I do the breathing and I'm feeling great. And then something happens and you get thrown a curveball. How do you deal with that? Do you deal with it well every time? No, there's reactions, there's ups and downs, there's joys, there's darkness, there's all of that. And I think what I've learned through at least these 18 years and working with crystals is by being more present and grounded, I might not like what I'm going through, but I am going to go through that journey regardless. And so best get something out of it and and go with the flow with it because it's going to happen. And if I stay on the path of just maybe being a little bit more flexible through even the bad times, I'm going to learn something from it and hopefully it will, it will better me. Oh, so good. And Heather, what is fulfillment to you? Um, I think for me, or it's being content and staying curious and being open-hearted. Oh, so good. Okay, a couple more questions just as we're wrapping up. If someone was just starting on their crystal journey, what are a couple of crystals that would make great starter pieces for their collection? I know we've spoken about a, a number already. If they were choosing one or two, what are some good basics? I think a good basic is amethyst. That's the purple one. You know, obviously it's the stone I started with, but amethyst is all about your intuition. It's about your higher self. It helps you to go within, which is where all the answers really reside. It's a very soft stone, yet it has a strong core to it. And yet it's dazzling and it's ever-changing. And there's so many twists and turns that it energetically takes you on. I think that if you worked with amethyst, you could work with it for a while and learn something new every day. Mm, Such a beautiful one. Timmy, do you have a favorite stone? I love blue lace agate. So being that I'm kind of a hyper anxious person, I, blue lace agate really helps to calm me down. But it also is related to the fifth chakra being that it's a blue stone. And having come into this life with a raspy voice and working on fifth chakra, speaking your truth type of uh, situations. I, I find that it has been helping me by having it on me. I've been working with it for a good six months now to really help me speak my truth, but also speak my truth from the heart, not just to like speak it with like, get this off <laughs> the chest. It's more like, you know, if, if I want to be heard, I also have to speak my truth so that people hear me, but, um, there's going to be those times too, because that's just part of it. But um, yeah, blue lace agate. It's just so beautiful. I love it. I can't wait to go perusing on the Energy Muse website now. I'm excited to look up all of these stones. If you had one thought to leave with the listeners today, what would it be? Well, for me, we didn't really touch on it, but I love that 
one of the things we always say is once you've started working with the crystal, let's just say, and you're getting to know it and you're holding it, you're keeping it in your pocket, it's on your bedside, you take it to work with you, however you are working with it and you're committed to working with it, there will be times that the intention that you have set with that crystal, that say for me with my blue lace agate, it's about being calm. There are obviously going to be times in my life that I am not going to be so calm. But what's really great about the crystal is it can hold that space for you when you can no longer be in that state. And so maybe even just by picking it up or holding it or seeing it, it might help jog you back into that state of calmness when you don't feel that way at all. Oh, that is such a great point, how it can really be that kind of instant grounding trigger for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Heather, anything that you would like to leave us with today? You know what? I think that at the end of the day, crystals have been here since the beginning of time. They're, you know, they're, they're hidden within our earth, right? They've been here for, some of them are millions and millions of years. And I think for us as humans to think that there's not something that's very healing and magical and informative within our earth. And, and I think that you always say it's so good to demystify yeah, that. There's- yeah, I, I just definitely think that there's a lot of energy within our earth. And we maybe are being more attracted to crystals right now, or humans are, because we need to remember that the earth is our common denominator. It's um, mm. regardless of sex and race and what religion you are, or politics or what school you went to or how much money you and blah, 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 and all the labels, we all have our feet on the ground on earth. And that is a common connection. So we need to take care of this planet. And when we have more of the earth around us, whether we're in a city and we put a crystal in our space or we wear it on our body, we realize that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. And the thing that we have our feet on, the earth, we need to take care of. And more than ever, it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to take ownership and it's time for us to take action. These are some tools to help us go within and reconnect, not only with the energy of the earth, but reconnect with ourselves. Such fun. Just to be really clear, their business is called Energy Muse. So you can find Timmy and Heather and all of their crystals online at energymuse.com. That is their crystal shop. But their book, if you want to pick up their beautiful book, which we referenced a few times throughout this episode, it's called Crystal Muse. So check it out. Crystal Muse, you'll find that on Amazon. I will link to it in the show notes. I happened to be in Stillwater the other day and walked accidentally into a crystal shop because it was like down the stairs. I had no idea that's what I was going into. And so I got all the crystals we spoke about in this episode. I am loaded up and cannot wait to start using these in a more intentional way. My next interview is with a Wonder Woman called Kristen Finch, and we're talking about relationships and how we can show up in our marriages so that we all get the best out of them. So stay tuned for that one in a couple of weeks. Till then, I just want you to concentrate on thriving. I'll be back soon. 